Greetings to all our listeners in the most excellent name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Shi'ar Jeshub, brought to you by the Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, as part of his series on Heavenly Authority. In this current message, Pastor has been in the letter to the Hebrews, where the writer discusses how the Old Covenant was a shadow of the fulfillment we have in the New. We've looked at the tabernacle, which was divided into the holy place, and then, behind the veil, the most holy place. And when we left off, Pastor was reading about the Lord Jesus in chapter 9 and verse 15. For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant, the new contract, by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal, eternal inheritance. The old tells us we're sinners. There's no good news from the old. The old is holy and pure and righteous, but it can't save us. All it can do is condemn us. Jesus Christ, by a free gift, living the life that we can't live, paid the price that we might live not just one day, but eternal life, everlasting life, in the presence of God, in the holy of holies. You go down to verse 23 of chapter 9. He says, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. And he speaks about the blood sacrifices. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. The tabernacle sets up the symbolism of how you get to heaven. And Jesus Christ fulfills it. He goes directly into the holy place and the most holy place. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. For us, to intercede for us. Not that he should offer himself often, as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once, at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. doesn't have to be replayed over and over again. That's what the problem is in some of our churches, sister churches, that think that somehow they have to offer Christ every week and pull him out of heaven and offer him on the altar. He did it once for all. We can touch it. We can touch, when we go to the communion table, we're touching that cross back 2,000 years ago. But Jesus Christ is in heaven. He's won the victory. He's gone into the holy place. At the end of the ages, once God has set up the stage, shown us all the information, the old covenant, Jesus Christ comes, fulfills the old contract, and makes the entranceway into the most holy place once for all. 
And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin. There's no longer a need to make the offering for sin, for salvation. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be resurrected and we will be with him forever and ever. The return of Jesus Christ. Good news. New heavens and new earth. Grace. Sweet tidings of the good things that will come. And isn't it a relief after seeing all the bad that now we have access to the good. And just the first verse of chapter 10 there, for the law having a shadow, again that word, a shadow, a shadow, an example, a copy of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. Can't be made perfect by it, but Jesus Christ can make you perfect. If we yield ourselves to him, he can change us, remake us for all eternity. The eternal covenant, the reality. Before we had the shadow, before we had the symbol, before we had the truth of God speaking about the greater that will come, and now we have the reality itself. The fulfillment. We're not speaking about going into a room in Jerusalem behind the veil. We're speaking about going straight into the access of heaven, straight into the throne room of heaven itself. That veil um, in the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 26, you will make a veil, uh, verse 31, woven of blue purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. You have the fine white linen purity, the scarlet thread, the theme that runs through of the sacrifice, the veil woven of blue and purple, blue, the heavenly color, purple, the royal color. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. And verse 33, and you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a what? a divider, a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy place. Same thing in the, uh, the temple. In 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 3, in verse 8 it says, And he made, Solomon made the holy, the most holy place, the most holy place. Down in verse 10, In the most holy place he made two cherubim, fashioned by carving, and overlaid them with gold. Down to verse 14. And he made the veil of blue, purple, crimson, and fine linen, and wove cherubim into it. The veil between the most holy place and the holy place. Can you see it? As you go into the tabernacle, you have this room where the priest can minister every day. The bread of the presence, the menorah, the light is out there, the altar of incense. But there's a veil, a place he cannot go. Most cannot go into the temple at all, only descendants of Aaron. Even the Levites can only serve around it. Aaron's descendants can go in, but they can't go in. There's a room they cannot access. The most holy place, save once a year at the Day of Atonement. Then you turn to Matthew chapter 27. And the fulfillment 
of what God promised Jeremiah comes to pass. In Matthew 27, verse 50, at the end of the time that Jesus is on the cross, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. And Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, died. And what happened? Verse 51, then behold, what? The veil, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and were told that even the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had died and fallen asleep were raised. Split apart. That veil is split apart. The barrier between us and God, our sinfulness, how can sinful man how can sinful woman stand in the presence of holy, almighty God? Purity, sinlessness, we can't approach. There is a veil. The old contract makes it very, very clear. There is a veil and shows us why. And not by our works of righteousness, not by us being so good, do we have access because there was one who was good enough for us. Never one sin. And when he cried out his last breath, the veil, the earth shook, it cracked open, and the veil in the temple was split, torn, opened. Now there's access. Aaron's sons can go in any time. But not just Aaron's sons, the Levites can go in any time. And not just the Levites, but every tribe of Israel can go in any time. And not just every tribe of Israel, but every nation, tongue, language, male, female, young, old, have access, can come in to the kingdom of God. Can come in to the most holy place. Can be in the dwelling place of God. Can go to heaven. That's how we get to heaven, through Jesus Christ. His death, that blood shed on the cross, made entryway into the most holy place. He earned it. And then he reaches back and he pulls all of us who trust in him into the holiest of holies with God. That's the good news. That's the gospel. There's access. There's no more layers. There's a direct relationship into heaven itself. Now, this has great implications for heavenly authority. Obviously, the most important implications for our salvation. But when you understand the veil and you understand the layers, how man could not approach God, you start to understand why under the old contract there was a priesthood, there were the Levites, there were the tribes, and there was everything apportioned out. And how now that has changed under the new covenant. We have one high priest, one mediator, Jesus Christ who has gone into the holies. 
And there is a freedom, there is a liberty in the Holy Spirit that's so important for heavenly authority in the new contract. How authority works in the new versus the old. And what happens many times with time and organization and institutions in Christianity is that there is this tendency as human nature takes over to try to go back under some form of the old, to put the layers back, to put the ceremonies back, which were true given by God back then for us today as symbols of Christ, but to forget the reality, the truth of Jesus, and go back to the shadow, the symbol which God never meant for us to do, to again put the layers back up, put the priests back in, put the clergy and the laity, and move the people further and further away as though they can come boldly into the throne of grace without these men, these layers, this hierarchy, these rituals, this shadow of the old coming back again but now misapplied all the wrong way because God did give it to Israel for a purpose, but God never meant the church to go back and try to play Leviticus when we have the reality in Jesus Christ. We invite you to visit Shi'ar Jashub on the web. The address is www.shi'arjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Make it your site for serious Bible study. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.